the Klan, the Ku Klux Klan, and they instilled fear in the black people. At least they tried, and I know they had fear into me from five or six years old. I would go up and, and see them come down Main Street marching every Saturday night. And then at other times they would be on this truck and they would fire a shot in the air or something like that. And I knew which way they were going. If they kept, when they crossed the railroad track, if they kept going straight, I knew they was going to a place called Smoker Road, predominantly black. Well, it was all black. But if they made a right turn, I knew they was coming down to what we call Bruce's Alley, where I live. And I'd take off like a jackrabbit and tell people they're coming and uh, everybody would put the lamps out. They didn't have electricity, but uh, they did. They, they, they did some terrible things. They would come in and bring the men out and whip them if they violated any of their rules, the, the Ku Klux Klan rule. And it, it was, looking back, it was just terrible. Everybody was a Klan. The police was a Klan, the grocery store, Owners were a clan. They didn't care, but a lot of them would wear the hoods and things like that. For what reason? I don't know. I guess the same reason a military man wears a uniform. It was part of the, you know, the dress code, I guess, was to put the sheet, we call it, and the dunce hat on. But black people had a chance to go to a so-called school, they would build a school themselves. I was going to a school they called Yellow River, but the Ku Klux Klan burned the school down, you know. Yes, sir, they, they burned. I remember that clear. I can close my eyes and see the flames going, standing and watching the school burn and listen to the grown-ups, you know, say, They'll never let us learn or let our children learn to read, you know. What did it look like? I mean, what did, what did you see through your eyes those nights? Well, I, I, I saw no future. I, I, I had no dreams because only thing I could say, well, maybe I'll be a sharecropper or, or something, you know, once I grew up. So I said, I think I'll join the Navy. 12.15 in New York, and the International Division of the National Broadcasting Company brings you now the latest news of the day. United States Secretary of War Stimson announced this forenoon that the Japanese battleship Haruna had been sunk off the northern coast of Luzon in the Philippines. This declaration by the War Secretary came a bare hour before the United States Congress was to convene to hear a message from President Roosevelt asking for a declaration of war upon Germany and Italy, which powers three hours earlier, had made formal declaration of war upon the United States. So in 41, I joined the Navy. Well, they had blacks in one place and whites in another. And blacks better not, you know, interfere, go down to the whites, you know, showers or bathroom or anything like that. And the blacks on board ship, they could only be mess attendants serving and taking what they call taking care of your officer. You were assigned a certain amount of officers. You kept his shoes shine, his clothing, you know, ready, and his room clean. And uh, you'd be out for 30 days or more. You had to wash those officers' underwear. 
uh, I went aboard ship. My first ship was the Truxton. The officers had a wardroom with chairs and table, a tablecloth and, you know, china and all, and we would serve them. They would sit there and eat, but all the blacks had to stand in this little pantry and eat. February the 18th, 1942. The south coast of Newfoundland, night. The home port was Boston. Once we left Boston, we slept what we call ready roll. We didn't pull our clothing off because we knew that the submarines were there. 